Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. Matthew chapter 21. It says, When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything, just say this, The Lord needs them. Now, I do not encourage this as a practice for you in your daily life. Uh, This is not an excuse for grand theft or anything like that. You can't just go take somebody's donkey and say, The Lord needs them. The Lord has to really need them, okay? And he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a coal, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him and that were followed shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So friends, we arrive at this moment, this sort of festal procession, almost calling to mind when David brought the Ark of God back to Jerusalem. And we have some symbols that are familiar within the larger context of the story of God. Two things I want to point out. First of all, it says that they laid their cloaks out before him. Now this, as in many things in the scriptures, has happened before. In 2 Kings chapter 9, Jehu was anointed king over Israel. And and as he sort of told his party that he was anointed king, his call was to go into the uh, the capital city and to take on both the kings of what, what was a divided kingdom at that point, the north and the south. And so Jehu, instead of riding on a donkey, rides in a chariot and he goes to the city. And Jehu's uh, task as he arrives at the city is quite different from what we'll see from Jesus. You see, Jehu doesn't come bringing peace You know, oftentimes you see this in movies or you see this throughout the history in the scriptures. When there's a new king anointed, when there's a new king chosen, guess what that means for the old kings, right? And so Jehu is consolidating his kingdom. Jehu is making his name and his reign official. And what that means is getting rid of the old kingdom. And so when Jehu is anointed king, The people spread their cloaks out before him. Jehu rides into the capital city, and then he starts to do the business of eradicating the old kingdom. Now, I want you to not miss this. The people that are celebrating Jesus on this day 2,000 years ago, on this Palm Sunday, who are proclaiming, blessed is the one who comes in the name of David, who are singing Hosanna, they are wanting this kind of salvation. They are wanting the kind of salvation that involves the changing of kingdoms, the changing of the guard. The primary kingdom for them that rules and reigns over them is the Roman kingdom. And they are wondering and and perhaps hoping 
if Jesus might be doing what Jehu did in the past, riding into Jerusalem, taking on the oppressive regime, calling for people to come to arms and to come to his side and to start the rebellion. This is the sort of fever pitch that is, that is starting to bubble over in Jerusalem as Jesus arrives on this holy week. Another story, when it, when it says that they take the palms, this calls to mind in the third century, there was a man named Judas Maccabeus. And, and if you're familiar with the story of Hanukkah, Hanukkah is a story about a Jewish revolt from a pagan kingdom. And, and finally, the, the people in that time had had enough of their pagan oppressors telling them what to do. It, it even says that one man, Antiochus Epiphanes, went into the temple and sacrificed a pig right in the middle of the holy place of God. And if you know anything about the, the Jewish religion, for them, pigs are unclean. This was the, the, like a very uh, incredible disgrace and dishonor. And so this caused a revolt, and Judas Maccabeus led the revolt. And it says that his symbol was the palm branch. His symbol, like, you know how when in our culture people put their face on a coin to sort of say, this is who, what empire this belongs to? They did this in Jesus' day as well. Well, in, in Judas Maccabeus' day, the symbol that was on their currency was a palm branch. And so again, you see that the people are wanting Jesus to be the kind of king that they want him to be. And so the first thing I, I want us to see this morning is that there's an incredible paradox going on here. The people are absolutely correct. Jesus is the king in the line of David. He is the one who's going to restore the reign of God. But he's going to do it in a way that is absolutely and completely unexpected. A way that is upside down in their thinking. And so the first thing that we see this morning as we encounter this story is that the road to the cross is paved with misplaced expectations. And friends, for us this morning, we, we have this sense of what we want God to do in our midst. We think that we know what God should do for us. And Palm Sunday is a challenge to that perspective. It's a challenge to our sense of what needs to happen. It's a challenge to our expectations. Perhaps God is doing something much more, uh, much different than we would expect. But also, as we'll see in just a moment, much more beautiful. You see, the people thought that Jesus was leading a rebellion, that he was riding into Jerusalem as, as one of those like exiled generals who was riding to reclaim his kingdom. And they were ready. They were ready to go grab their swords and their spears and to fight the Romans. This, like all Jesus had to do was say the word. We see this throughout the Gospels. There are times where they are uh, convinced that the, he is the king. And so they want to take him and make him king. And they want him to lead them like David did their armies in the past. And so friends, this morning, the first thing we have to begin to investigate in ourselves is where have we put expectations upon God? expectations are just future resentments. Where have we put expectations on what God should be doing in our life? Palm Sunday is an invitation that, that so often when we get it so dead on and correct, when we proclaim, Hosanna, save us, we're at the same time asking God to work on our terms and in our time. And what we find is twofold. 
that he does work, he does move in our lives in such a beautiful way, but it's often unexpected and it's often better than we would have drawn out for ourselves. And so this morning, we want to begin to investigate where have we placed expectations upon God that that are not what God is trying to do in our lives. Friends, this leads to all sorts of things. It leads to resentment. It leads to envy. It leads to a feeling of despair because, you know, eventually our expectations upon God become expectations upon ourselves. Okay, if God is, is wanting to do this in the world, then I have to be the one to do it. And it's so interesting that this quarantine moment, this coronavirus moment, has caused us all to have to retreat in a way that we can't be the hero. That we need God to save us, but we need it to be God. We can't go out and, and make it happen in this moment. We have to be uh, contemplative and prayerful and asking God to move. It's fascinating. So friends, this morning, first we want to acknowledge where perhaps we have placed expectations upon God or upon the story that, that Jesus never intended to live out. We see, it says in Matthew 21, that this was according to the prophet. That prophet that Jesus is riding on a donkey, that prophet is Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 9, it says that he will come, but lo, your king is coming to you on a donkey. But what he's going to do is break the bounds of the spear. He's going to crack the shield. Jesus is disarming the world, not calling for a rebellion, not calling for a bloody revolution. The bloody revolution that Jesus lives out will be his own blood on a cross. And friends, this is where we see that the road to to, to the cross is a road of hope. It is a road where Jesus is doing something beyond what we could ask or imagine. And what we see is that God is much more beautiful than we ever would have imagined him to be. In our own designs, we would design a king. And we would have him rule over us. We've seen this play out throughout the story of God. At one point, they look and they say, all the other nations have a king. We want one too. And God says to them, I am to be your king. And Jesus to us this morning, on this Palm Sunday, shows us that he will, make, he will answer us in our crying out to him. As we cry out to him, save us, we need you. There is a glimpse of something true there. But he will take that glimpse of truth, that sliver of truth, and bring it in all of his fullness and show the fullness of the reality of God. And so, friends, this morning we see that Jesus is, in fact, leading a bloody revolution. But it will not be the blood of his enemies. It will not be the blood of the pagans or the Romans. It will be his own blood on a cross. That Jesus' kingdom is going to come in a way that is far different than anyone would have expected. That he will rise and be coronated to his throne, not by uh, taking a crown upon his head, not a crown of gold at least, a crown of thorns. That he will ascend to his throne, not by sitting on a seat, but by being nailed to a cross. And friends, this morning, that is a far better story. Because if we were to just have a kingdom, another, another ruler in the long line of rulers, then left, we would have no choice but to submit. But in this moment, God is doing something quite profound. And in Matthew 21, he's inviting us to see both the places where we get it kind of right and the places where he is calling us to expand and, uh, and broaden our imaginations. And the last thing I want you to see is in John's gospel, This moment, 
This moment where Jesus rides in uh, grand procession into Jerusalem is immediately followed by Jesus going and spending time with his disciples in an upper room. In a confined space, he first the first thing he does is not a teaching, but an action, and we'll celebrate this on Thursday. Jesus gets up from the table that they're all seated at, and he begins to wash his friend's feet. And he says to them, as I have done to you, go and do for one another. Jesus shows them what his kingdom looks like, and then he proceeds to teach them. He teaches them about the Holy Spirit, about the life and the power that is coming for them upon his death and resurrection. He teaches them in John 15, he tells them, remain in me, stay with me, make your home with me, and you will bear much fruit. He teaches them about what it means to be one. He prays over them. And in this moment, we see this this grand juxtaposition. First up from this festal procession, this parade celebrating Jesus as king. But then he withdraws to a room. And friends, when Jesus withdraws, it it, it is a a catalyst, a precursor to an explosion of joy and of hope. And as Jesus withdraws into this room with his disciples... He's showing us what this Palm Sunday is all about. Palm Sunday is is a road to the cross. It's a road paved with misplaced expectations. It's a road paved with hope. But, But it's also an invitation. An invitation to the upper room. An invitation to come and to be with Jesus and to be transformed by his love. To be transformed by his presence. And that is the hope that we have in this moment, friends. As we are in this very unique situation in the history of the world. As we, so many of us, are quarantined in our homes. As we're uh, isolated. We have a call and an opportunity to be with Jesus. To be shaped by him. To be shaped by the events of this holy week. By his cross. By his silence on Saturday. By his resurrection. And friends, this morning, I want us to see that this Palm Sunday is an invitation to live in a kingdom where God reveals himself fully. Not as a God who needs the blood of his enemies, not as a God who leads bloody coups, but as a God who gives of himself fully for the life of the world. I want you to see that this Palm Sunday is an invitation to go to the upper room with Jesus, to be transformed and renewed by his spirit, to be encouraged and strengthened because we are the ambassadors of hope. This is our moment. This Easter is coming for us. It is a hope that we need now more than ever. And friends, I want to invite you to see that God is doing something beyond our expectations, beyond our imaginations. We've all had to withdraw in this moment. And I surveyed the scriptures this week, just in preparation for this teaching, thinking about what it means when the people of God withdraw. And, And you see it throughout the story of the Bible, from Noah, who's withdrawn in an ark. You see it, uh, Joseph is locked away in a sail. You see, you see Moses is, uh, exiled to the desert. You see David is hidden away in a cave as he is anointed the king. You see that there's this period in between the Testaments, between the Old and the New Testament, where God doesn't speak at all. You see that Jesus lives his life in relative obscurity for 30 years before he emerges and begins to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. You see it as Jesus goes into the tomb, as he's sealed off for a day. You see it as the disciples wait in the upper room, scared and afraid of what the future might hold. Friends, when the people of God withdraw, 
When we live the reality of Jesus' kingdom as he is bringing it to us, it is a precursor and a catalyst for the life of the world. And in this moment, we have a profound hope, and we are being called to be cultivated, to, be, to, to till the soil of our lives, to see that God is moving in our midst. And Palm Sunday is an invitation to that space. God is inviting us to see the kingdom as he sees it in a far brighter and more profound way, to lay down our expectations, to lay down the things that we think we need and to see what God is showing us, that our enemies are not, uh, not, sin, or, or not uh, pagans, not people that are oppressing us. Our enemies are sin and death. And he has overcome them by his blood on the cross. And he offers that to us this morning, freely, fully, abundantly. Jesus has said, I give my life for the life of the world because I so love the world that by his cross and by his wounds, we are healed. Let us pray together. Merciful God. Lord Jesus, your presence goes before us, God. You go in the festal procession. You ride into our lives when we were not waiting or expecting you to do it. And in a way that was far beyond what we would draw out. And God, we ask in this moment, Jesus, that you would help us to see that this this Palm Sunday, this Holy Week is a call. Is a call to intimate life with you. Is a call to withdraw and to be with you, to seek your rhythms. God, to seek what you might be doing in the world. God, is a call to bring before you the whole of our life. God, our joys, our griefs, Lord, you are meeting us there. You are answering the call that we so uh, fervently bring to you. God, save us, save us. God, but you're answering it in a far better and more beautiful way than we would ever draw out for ourselves. So Jesus, would you help us to see the reality of this moment? You are the king, God, and we are the people of your kingdom. Lord, help us to live in your kingdom, God, not in the kingdoms of our own lives. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray all these things in your name, in the beautiful name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.ecclesianj.com.